Well, welcome back to Movie Trailer Reviews Podcast. You're your host, Chris, here with the full crew. I got Ro and Brandon here. It's been a while since we actually did one of these. Not just all three of us, but like I feel like it's been a while since I've actually reviewed a movie. I don't know. It is. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I kind of just gave up on the end of 2020. It was like, you know, I don't feel like doing nothing else. So, um, yeah. But, um... Yeah, I went to sleep, y'all. I went to sleep. It wasn't even it wasn't even intentional. I sat down and woke up. It's like a month later. The way I feel like it, I did enough. Like we're in the middle of a pandemic. I did enough reviewing earlier this year. I'm just don't care for fuck. It. Like I don't. Hey, Brandon, has has Wafka said anything out about doing voting or anything this year? Like, is there anything happening this year? Like, yeah, are they, any- they did send out something about top ten list. Mm-hmm. So we need to get on that. <laughs> they did ask about a top ten list. They did ask about that. Okay, I guess we have to find out about that. Um, because yeah. I know usually around this time we're also we're rushing to send in a list for them to do their awards. But I'm like, are there any awards season? Are they even doing awards next year? Like, what's what's the schedule going on for this? I don't Actually, know. For real? I, I don't know. For real, y'all. For real. See, wow. I mean? wish. What do you mean for real? Man, my credit group out here. I, I want to fight everybody. They wanted to vote what would be next week. And I was like, have y'all even been watching movies? <laughs> their think list, I shouldn't say this, people, their think list left much to be desired. So we had to push um, nominations back until the first week of January. And I've been, uh, I've been shit posting in the group, basically shaming people going, hey, y'all seen this? Anybody seen this? One person told me, I don't know if I can watch that. You know, I'm just really stressed out enough about race relations in America. I don't need to, like, have to watch anything about it anywhere else. What? Were they white? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know they were. I didn't know they were that white until they said that. I also didn't realize they didn't realize what kind of black person I was. So. Yeah, you can't say that. They have been getting exclusively. Uh, a nigga made this recommendation since the day they uttered that word. Like, like I sent all of the small axe films in there, forty-year-old version, uh, Sylvie's Love, One Night in Miami, Night of Kings. If it had anybody who was darker than an eggshell, I have recommended it. I have been an, an international film recommending person. The only way they got a white person because Mad did another round, and but I was so pissed. I was almost non-functional with the level of I would like to stab you in your faceness. Yeah, but I a just, straight face said that shit to me. Yeah, I just saw the email about our uh, the top ten list. They were just like, if you're going to run one, like I just feel like everybody else is kind of just giving up, except for Rose <laughs> Critic Group, which is like still being weird. So yeah, like normally we're rushing and there's like we got to get out before the Golden Globes. I'm like, that's just not happening this year. So now everybody's nope. just like, mm, yeah, you know, whatever you're gonna nope, plan not. on doing. Nobody, nobody's uh, agging about nothing. What do you say, Brandon? Like, no- Remember how Netflix ran last year? How strong Netflix was and Amazon Prime and them were last year? Mm-hmm. This year, yeah. like, what is Netflix even going to send us to watch? And I'm looking, everything I get in the mail is like something I've seen four months ago, something I've seen five months ago. I'm like, oh, because they, 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 they stopped. They stopped rolling stuff out. They were like, why are we even doing this? Like, it's... No, they're not. They're, they're, did you, have, have either one of you got my Raimi? Raimi? No, I didn't get that. Well, I no. got a link at least. Yeah, I kind of figured. Uh, I mean, here's the other thing too. Like, I didn't even bother to ask for links at this point. So maybe I did. I just, again, I just got to the point where I just kind of gave up too. Um, no, I, I mean, and I do feel like I, I know I'll probably get that. Cause I did get the five bloods in the mail, so Ma Rainey will probably come. Um, 
I know there's several stuff that um, Amazon, you know, actually Amazon went really strong this year, so they've been going pretty strong. But I also feel like at some point, some people are like, I seriously, are there going to be? I think the Academy Awards are still happening, but like, are any of the other awards happening? As far as I know, doing any of this stuff at this point, mm-hmm. I don't know how they're doing any award stuff for this year. As far as I know, everybody is pushing back. Even like they're still doing it, but they've extended the the period of eligibility. Mm. So that's why everybody's trying to push out the movies that they had act like they wasn't going to give anybody in 2021 until yeah. 2021, and that's why suddenly we have such a full December slate, right? Because all of those dates are now, though, if they I, I, get even a, a nominal run in, they can be eligible. But I don't think they're closing anything until January now. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because, like I said, I, that's another reason why, too. I was like, I looked at some of this stuff coming in. I'm like, I should probably watch some of this stuff. But, I'm like, you guys are not going to, you're not going to stress me out at the end of the year because you all decided at last trying to throw things in the last minute. I will watch it when I watch it. <laughs> I've got yeah. to that What's level. pissing me off is how long, how much they're trying to make people watch stuff on their schedule by giving you screeners that only got like three five days yeah like mm, yeah that's good but you're also going to tell me it's going to it's going to like i asked for uh sylvia's love not through a waffle but somebody else and they haven't gotten back it's amazon they haven't gotten back to me that shit opens on the 23rd so i'm like i'll just wait until the 23rd guys it's like okay <laughs> like i don't care at this point like we're not you're not you're not stressing me out when we all not going nowhere <laughs> next year anyway like we're yeah. not going to film festivals next year either even with the vaccine so like y- y'all can keep Man. trying to pretend like y'all we, i'll keep trying to pretend like we're gonna be be normal next year but yeah nigga, i can watch this on why are people acting like normal is like next week why why are people acting like that's about to be next week what is that about i don't who understand to win an award in 2020 to give me year like who wants to win an award next year well, that's the other thing too that's the best movie yeah. 2020 is the other shit that y'all watched when y'all was stuck in the house that nobody went anywhere to see and yada yada like here's but our- honestly but i don't i don't know man i think that they might i think movies that wouldn't ordinarily have gotten a chance might actually have a chance of being seen and being talked about because so many more people one of the reasons why my critic group is so aggy is because um i think they kind of got a little upset because i wasn't very understanding when they wanted to complain other other cities and other critic guilds, their allied offices, they didn't shut down the way San Diego's did. San, Di- San Diego's just basically threw us up the deuces the day after the screening for Burnt Orange Heresy, and they had a whiff that things might be changed. And we immediately got an email with them saying, hey, so we're going to be working remotely, but only the people who want to work. And then the next thing I knew, I couldn't get a response from anybody for anything. So I got on a hustle, and you know, Chris knows. I started reaching out to people in L.A. from when I used to cover more stuff for LA stuff so we could hit stuff and I would be more on the DC drop date because San Diego lag behind sometime. And that's how I started being able to get more screeners. No one else out here went on a hustle like all year. They didn't do film festival stuff. They didn't follow up with any emails to people who were sending them stuff, even when it was slow and they had the time. So now that the time's coming, I have no sympathy for anybody in this particular market who kind of sat down and said, if they want me to see it, they'll get it to me. Not after every brown person I freaking know got on a hustle and had to beg, borrow, and steal to get shit, even though everything was virtual. So out- if that's the case, then on the other side of that, the people who, if I ain't going to hustle to ask for it, I didn't feel like they were hustling to get it out either. So yeah. I'm looking at this year True. as just a 
me. I don't I don't see that hustle from any studio, whether they had good movies or not this year. Some stuff just popped up on Amazon. It just popped up on Hulu. And it was stuff that I was like, oh, they're going to put that up for an Oscar run. That's cool. And I only know that because I got it in the mail just now. I didn't know that because of what was rumbling on the internets about this stuff coming or the push in a year where people were stuck online doing shit. I feel like the marketing was terrible. It was like, it just wasn't there. And it's yeah. because- with the exception of Amazon studios, I think everybody else just sat down social media. wise. Yeah, yeah, Amazon studios went, went, went hard, but you know, here's the thing though, the Amazon studios go harder. They just do what they normally do. Cause that's the other thing too. I'll, I will say this Amazon studios, IFC also they've they always send stuff so it's like yeah. some of the studios are thing are just doing what they normally do now the big ones though I think they're still trying to figure out what the fuck they're trying to do for that like I didn't even I, I know they sent things out for for Wonder Woman but I didn't even bother trying to ask about that I'm just like you can get the DVD pack from um what's that one studio always says like twenty five oh neon yeah I didn't get any well here's the other thing too. they might be delayed. They're all delayed because, like, okay, for one thing I do know, if your critic group told them that they were pushing back their voting, they put the order of when they started mailing things out according to when they think your guild is about to vote. So critics, it's not smart at all, but critics who are in certain guilds are getting things on a lag. There are some critics who haven't gotten anything yet. The only reason why we got stuff is because we still told them we were doing think lists in December. And if they wanted us to be able to consider their projects, they needed to make sure that we at least had links and we got slammed with links. And then behind it, some of them are like, if you'd like us to send you the physical discs, let us know. But other people, I got my neon book. I was the last one last year to get a neon book. Y'all had your neon book almost a month before I got mine. I got mine on Christmas. I don't have no neon book. Got an email about a neon book, and neon usually be on that. I ain't got none right. of that. So I think wherever wherever Washington told them when y'all was voting is when they put y'all I, in the prior it, year for your packages to come out. And I think so too because I um and 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 Brand, you might be getting to. I have informed delivery for USPS uh, for US Postal Service, and I I see all this. I'm like, I didn't order anything from Amazon, and those are usually the packages that are coming in. So that's how I'm starting. I'm starting to slowly start getting things. Yeah, I, I just, just yeah yeah. Netflix I'm starting. Too. You say what like, now? It it doesn't, it's not even telling me who it's coming from. It just says coming from this address. And I've linked that address now to Netflix. So every time I get like yeah. a two pound package or 1.6 pound package, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's some screw. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's I, I, just, I yeah. just got slammed this past week. A24 just sent stuff here. Um, I just got the documentaries. Plus, I am your woman from Amazon Studios. And if y'all have not seen I'm Your Woman, I really need y'all to watch that, man. I watched that yesterday. It's on Amazon. So like I know. I know oh, it's on Amazon. But oh, yeah, I, 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 I just got the screener. But I've already seen it. Right. I watched it last night. Oh okay. I'll watch so, it. I'll, I I didn't know it was on Amazon. You should have told me that. I was waiting for it to come in the screener. I'll watch that and we can review that later this week too. Yeah. No, they dropped it early. They pulled they pushed it up. They had yeah. it was at film festival. And then they were talking about it got picked up and then they didn't have a release date. And the next thing you know, they decided they were throwing out um, your woman in the mix. Yeah. And they, they gave it a December date. But I feel like they kind of did that shit with the Kevin Costner film that Amazon put up, too. Like, it just they, popped up on Amazon. My dad was like, have you seen this movie back? Oh, like, let I, me go. Yeah. I was like, I heard it was coming, but I didn't know it was up there yet. I look on Amazon. There it is. Yeah. yeah I'm going to need, need y'all to watch that one, too. We need to talk about some crazy white people. They didn't push screeners for some for a lot of this stuff. Like, and I was like, okay, that's like, uh, that's PR companies. I mean, LA, I there are two PR companies out here that went crazy, and everybody else kind of went quiet. But there's this one company that 
I think they just started snatching people's clients once studios realized other PR firms were shuttering or slow playing. And that's the only reason why I've gotten any any play. Like on God. That's the, the only reason why. Email should have been top notch. I'm sorry. Where everybody mm-hmm. working remotely and the only communication that like everybody's stuck at home. Critics literally stuck at home. The amount of time that we spent traveling back and forth to theaters and trying to organize and all that stuff completely gone now. It should have been bar- bombarding us with screeners like I was I knew I was going to get jingle jangle in the mail a month and a half ago. I was like, there's no way hell I'm not going to get jingle jangle in the mail. That's they didn't even I, try. They didn't spray. They didn't even do it. I was like, where's I'm, I'm kind of upset. I didn't even get jingle jangle and I don't want to watch it. I stopped watching that shit up to 30 minutes. My, <laughs> on my own. So I don't even want it. But I was like, damn, they didn't even I, they better not send this shit out on Christmas. It better not arrive on the 25th of December. See, I, I, but, I, I just read the point where I, I just because I at this point, I just don't care right now because I'm, I'm burned out. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm actually glad they're not saying anything because I'd be saying I'm going to watch that and then be like, mm, I'm not going to yeah. watch that. No, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm anxious for you guys to get to see some of the stuff I got to see earlier. Chris, you know, I lost my mind in some of the stuff where I would at least go in and get to see the preview. Mm-hmm. Um during the film festivals because you won't let me take the sneak peek but you know some of the ones that we wanted to see and we talked about they only had them available for purchasing press so we could only go and look at the snippet and then we couldn't see anymore well there was that That's one that you that we wanted to see at, at tiff but we and you did tell me that it's now available and i need to reach out to the people about no you don't i'm about to email us when we over bro y'all both okay, about cool. to get it i got another round cool, cool um cool. they asked me if i wanted to see antebellum and i was like if you're gonna send me a link because yeah. i'm not pay for that they shit. just sent me a link for antebellum and that should have been sent to me. Well, ago. no, no, we talked about that. There's a reason why they didn't send it to black people like that. I know because <laughs> the black people who they did send it to. Look, look, if they if they if they give if they give us that, you know, we can we can make that a uh, we can make that a spoiler review. Let's that, do it because I just got an email review. saying you should receive a screener link for Antebellum on twelve fourteen. <laughs> okay, that's a premium one. All right, let's let's talk let's talk about rant. Look, we're here actually talk about a movie that we saw and we did want to see. Uh, and they did send us a link to year. this, huh? I've been wanting to see a promising woman all year. Yeah, so, so we're here to yes. man. So we're here to review uh, promising young woman. Um, and uh, let's see, a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her, event in her past seeks out re- uh, vengeance uh, against those who cross her path. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a terrible description. No, of course it is. And, yeah. yes, I think it's very vague enough. It needs to be that vague because it, this movie's a lot. Yeah, this movie's a, this yeah. movie's a lot. It's your, I, you know. So we saw, Ro, you and I saw. <laughs> you say what now? I knew you were going to say violation. Yeah, I mean, well, because it falls into the, the, you know, these fall into the, the rape revenge type of films. And I hate the fact yes. there's actually a genre of film now because it needs yes. to be. But what do you mean? Yeah. Now? Well, I mean, it's, it's always been, been it's, it's always been. But like there's been there seems to be an uptick of some of these recently. That's um, y'all trash. You, no, no, no. Hey, listen, listen. You, hey, look, I, we don't have to keep saying that because I know that we are trash. Men are trash. But don't we? Yeah, yeah. Don't we? Yeah, that's true. You're right. Is You're it right. Uptick, though? Because like. I spit on your grave has like eight sequels. Yeah, is true. it an up? You're right. Uh, well, I, I mean, okay, in different ones. Quality? Can we say a higher quality true. version of I, this particular I, I, trope? I will say that because, like I said, and and and, and Brandon, you do need to see a violation just off of the fact. Here's of the thing. My thing. Here's my thing. Can I see a, a revenge rape horror film that doesn't actually have the graphic rape in it? Like, I don't want. Well, that's yeah. Just, well, this one. 
Like I just, I, it, it's terrible, and I don't want to be subjected to it because then I want to punch every dude, in set, including myself, in the face around me. Like I just don't want to see it. it this, will, but, but this, but this, I think this is what makes this. I think this is what makes promising a woman, um, so good in the fact that it, it's a rape revenge film, but it it avoids a lot of the tropes that I think have kind of plagued those types of films, um, Actually. before. And and so it makes it. I don't know what's the way to say it. More satisfying in a way, I guess. I don't. I don't know how to. I, I, I don't. I look. I I love you know. I love revenge movies. I liked the fact that anything that had to do with the exploitive nature of relationships when it comes to sex with men stopped at just the right point, or it was done with like a, a side profile kind of flash semi vignette or montage moment. They never ever put that. That was never the central piece. And when they needed you to really understand that something absolutely horrid had happened, they made some of the best use of sound production yeah. and, 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 and audio selection that I've seen. And then quite frankly, this is probably the highest quality revenge movie dynamic or like, and that still has, it has thrills. It has twists, but all the stuff that you were talking about is what makes those movies pretty much just torture porn. There it is. That's what it is. It's it's completely the last house on the left. Like, uh, uh, or what was the one where the woman, the girl gets raped? It's last house on the left, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the woods, and then the, you, pa- the parents go after you, it. I'm like, you, this is a you, great revenge yeah. flick until you force me to watch the rape scene in the middle, and it's unnecessary. Like, it, it just, just, I don't need to see that to understand that rape is terrible. And I feel like y'all are doing this because it's sexual torture porn. That's what it is, what? and it's it, it's, it takes to for me. It pulls me completely out of the film because I'm like, I just want to go home now and eat ice cream or something because I feel fucking awful having to shower. Have Shower. Yeah, I don't watch that shit, man. It ruins everything for me. It's, it's but I think that's one of the things that they were playing directly, like with Carrie Mulligan and Emerald Fennel when she her entire direction of all of this. I think she was playing directly into a lot of those tropes because this movie isn't just a revenge film, especially when you figure out who Cassie is. Cassie played by what Mulligan, right? Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan, who I now adore. Extra. Oh, yeah. Extra, extra. Oh, okay, I was about to say because I saw her in this, and I was like, "Yep, going to see it." Oh no! As soon as they said that Carrie Mulligan was playing Cassandra Thomas, I was in. But the way that they gave her so much, this movie is not just about. This movie is less about the rape, and more about the thing that no one ever really talks about when somebody is violated in that way. It's about the aftermath. It's about the fallout. And it's about the trauma that carries beyond just the person who's at the center of what happened. And that's why I think this works. You don't need to see anybody physically like violated for this to work. And, and and like, especially when it's also playing into all the different stereotypes and tropes of men. And how they exist now, the excuses that are made for them, and the way they talk themselves into doing. Well, well yeah, well, yeah. It's 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 about all the to, to the truth. It's more about all the enablers, right? And how mm-hmm. even the good guy is still the bad guy, and it is like there's no good man in this film, right? And and like everyone looks bad, and you see everyone who enables these things to happen, which to me is has always been. It's always the more, com- it's, it's, and this is what makes this film better, right? It's the more compelling story to tell 
because it's the story that actually tries to show and highlight how these things happen and how they continue to happen, right? The other rape, rape revenge film, because of rape revenge, they stop really at the rapist. It really comes well, down to super, them, and it and, always and, becomes the men's film, right? And and it becomes a, right, and it becomes about them. It's like when the way promising young woman is, it really is about what that is to the victims, and the victim is not just the woman who's violated, but also the people that try to support them as well, and how alone on an island they become, and and what that can do, and the long lasting effects of that, and and how many people, men and women that abandoned them for these different reasons. And like, this is how all these films would be done from my own. Like, this is to me, one of those films that comes out that says, Oh, you can't do these kind of films anymore without at least understanding, at least watching this film first and then taking from it and understanding that you can't just do that bullshit that you were doing before and think that it's going to be good. I think they need to tell more of the stories with these characters, because ultimately the, the things that get on my nerves, the thing that gets on my nerves about rape revenge films is, like you said, it becomes less about the victim and more about the violators and how we're going to get them back. So ultimately, the first film anyway, like I Spent on Your Grave, is it turns into like a superhero film for violated rape victims, where all of a sudden she starts rigging shit like Kevin McAllister to torture these men who fucking tortured her. And while you cheer on that sentiment of it, you're like, yeah, fuck those dudes, fuck them up terribly. At the same time, there's no self-reflection on what rape actually does to a person. There's nothing about the trauma from it. She just bounces back. It's, it really is like the man up of rape films. Like, yo, they raped you, man up and get them back. And I don't want to, like, I, I want to cheer her on getting them back. But I also want it to be acknowledged that when people get raped, you take something from them. You take something from them as a person is who they are. And they can't get that back. It doesn't matter if they torture the shit out of those people that did it to them. They don't fully recover from that ever. And I think that this film not only just focuses on the trauma, but showing her her way of trying to get these men back is also a broken way, right? She's not there. She's not all there. She's not who she was anymore. Even if the incident is, was an indirect incident, it still affected her secondhand just as strongly as it, infect, it affected the victim who it happened to, right? Like it's, it's, a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of thought put into a very compelling story about how rape, it just, it, it sucks everyone around the victim in and how they all are changed from that experience, whether they were there or not, or whether it's all second, third or fourth hand. It's just a terrible thing that I think is understated constantly when we have conversations about rape culture and we have conversations about boys will be boys and everything else. You, I think, I think a lot of directors before this thought showing the graphicness of rape. And we see that in men's films as well. Where men, we see that in films where men get raped and stuff. They think showing the graphicness of the rape will make people look at it and go, oh man, rape is bad. But clearly as a culture, that has not been enough. Well, to turn people away from it completely to where it's something that has diminished and we keep enabling people to be able to go out here and do it. It needs you to be guys are such good guys. I love listening to you. You're such good guys. <laughs> Why? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
for me, watching this movie, it was less about it being just a rape revenge story. And I'm noticing that people are really kind of really focusing on that. But we have to remember, Cassie was not the one who got right. raped. That that this this Cassie is the survivor of something that happened to her best friend in medical school. And I'm going to leave it like that because anymore is a spoiler. Right. But a promising young woman is exactly kind of exactly what both of you guys are talking about in ways that it really confused me that people had a problem with. They kind of called it like, you know, I don't think that they were trying to build a superhero. I think that they were, or like they were trying to go into the girl power, you know, the standard trope of crime and punishment. And I think that they were trying to show you what it breaks. Well, because uh, yeah. you've got Cassie who was in school and they make it pretty clear Cassie's reputation wasn't the best. Right. And so she had more problems than just what happened to her best friend about her experience in medical school. So Cassie herself was a promising young woman. And I think that there's a double entendre in the title of the movie that a lot of people miss because they focus on the thing that derailed her and completely threw her fully off the skids is what ultimately happened to her best friend. Right. But this entire movie isn't just about pointing out all the nice guy tropes. I think they used those tropes to show you what happens when you make a choice after trauma. And I know this is going to piss people off because I use that word choice. Like you had the choice to be violated. That's not the hell I'm saying. And if y'all want to don't even do that. What I'm talking about is I just watched a documentary about this kid who was investigating his mother's murder. And his sister is one of the people who found his mother dead. And she said something in this movie. She's like, I've gone through massive amounts of therapy since then. And one of the things that I've come to understand and why it is I've been able to continue to navigate through what happened to me is because at some point, I had to make a choice. Was I going to stay in that pain? Was I going to wallow in there? Was I going to live there and let that be the thing that held me? Or was I going to work through my shit, dig my way out, and figure out a way to move forward and be real? And I think that is the thing that is damaged more than anything else for Cassie in this movie. She didn't just get thrown off track. She didn't just not find a way to reconcile what turned out to be not a pleasant experience for her in med school. Um, but, and, and then to deal with the, the, the horrible cake topper that was what happened to her friend. Everything from that moment was bent and broken and she got stuck. She never, now a lot of it, I think it was subtly well played by uh, her the two people who they had playing her parents. And I know some of it was supposed to be dark humor, but I also think a lot of it is real. Like her parents let her stay stuck. No one's yeah. ever said anything about the fact that that cat Cassie clearly has not been to therapy. No. So come on, let's be real. What are the most damaging coping mechanisms, especially, and I know women don't like it because they're like, Oh, it's so low brow and it's tropey. Women do a whole hell of a lot of self harm when they don't know how to handle survivor's guilt. They start thinking that the things that happen or the way people thought of them is the only thing that exists. And if you get stuck in a mindset to where you punish yourself, especially if you feel guilty, especially if you feel like you have some kind of ownership, 
and you're looking around at the people who've actually perpetrated the crime and the harm, and their lives are wonderful. They've moved on. They've moved beyond you. That'll mess you up. And I think that's what this movie's about, and I think that's why I loved it, and it's why I was satisfied with the ending, even though the ending is super retro hokey. And, um, and, and it's why some of the movie's flaws didn't necessarily bother me so much because I felt like maybe they were playing into a message that people were missing because they well, got hung up on the first layer, which well, this is clearly a revenge story. I, I think they get, they, they, it's part of the, yeah, but I also think because it's also, <laughs> it's weird to say this about this. It's also a comedy. <laughs> it actually, it's very it's funny. It's, it's also it's very not. hilarious. Like, like we, I think we started off coming in really hot, but like this one was also very hilarious. And so, these type of films are usually typically not supposed to be that kind of funny when they're dealing with a kind of serious topic, but this film is fucking hilarious. And so I think, I think some people might have a hard time wrapping their heads around that. I mean, I didn't, I thought it was great. Um, also <laughs> you talk about her parents. I'm not gonna lie. I like, I like seeing Clancy Brown when he's not being terrible. You know, when he's not being, when he's not playing a terrible character. And, and for, for the most part as her dad, uh, Stanley, he was actually pretty good. He was a loving dad trying to be, trying to be, Supportive of his daughter. Um, Her mom's hilarious. Though. No, She's yeah. like, I hope you like your gift. <laughs> no, no. The mom, they gave her. They gave her. They gave her luggage. Her said, mom was just stuck in the person that she was, and just kind of waiting for her to get back. And I think well, yeah. part of that kind of goes to showing you what type of person Cassie was. Probably throughout her life, she was probably really strong. They well, she talked constantly the about how intelligent she was and stuff yeah. through medical school, and how you know she was top of the class and all this other stuff. And I think the reason she might not have gotten therapy or the push might not have been there to get her to therapy. Cause I think sometimes people assume that given your intelligence or your work ethic throughout life or what they've experienced from you, that they assume you can take care of yourself. Oh no. Sometimes it's even more simply, especially in these types of situations, it didn't happen to you. So what's your well, problem? That, that, I think that's part of it, but I also think like the whole, you can take care of yourself comes because that's why a lot of people don't, and people don't push them to do things. They just assume that you know it. You know what's best for you. Hey, you're smarter than me. You know what's best for you, and it ultimately doesn't help because what was what she ended up doing was very self destructive, and that's why she, despite she wanted being, to die, y'all. I mean, like, but even in the trailer, just the trailer they show, that's kind of spoilerish. But okay, like, no, I'm talking about the way that she behaved. Okay, you remember the conversation that they had at the beginning where those dudes, like, it's in the trailer, so I don't feel like it's a spoiler. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about the choices that she made, the way that they're marketing this movie, that she goes out and she targets people who take will be willing to take advantage of somebody who's clearly not okay in alcohol. The mm -hmm. most common thing the reason why girls are held fully responsible is they will look, what, she's trying to die or something? That's what I'm talking about. I think that is one of the biggest tropes and stereotypes that people and things that women hear when they are being made responsible for the choices of men that a lot of people miss, that that is the first thing that this play movie plays with. And that is the main thing that it is subverting the entire time that it's pe pe peeling back the layers of all these different nice guy narratives. Like this, that's how the movie is being marketed. And I really feel like a lot of people are missing 
that. Like you kept talking about, you know, they show you these horrible things that are be done to people when they're being raped. And then they talk about how it's about power and this, that, and not sex. And all of those messages have been really, really, really clear and they permeate and people get them. But what they still don't get is the other thing that you were talking about that has to do with a lot of rape culture, which is why the stuff that was in this movie is stuff because it's deep irony and dark. And some of it is just flat out funny. For me with the marketing, the reason that I wanted to see this film so much is because I immediately recognized that it was a it was possibly a rape revenge film or it had it had to have something to do with a rape that occurred or some type of violation. And I saw the way she was playing this character that ultimately was fucking with these dudes. And what I wanted to see was how far the film was going to take it with her fucking with these dudes. And then she gets to the point of fucking them up. The whole she is self-destruct self-destructive to a very scary point is I didn't really get into that until I was watching the film and her encounters with men. And I think that's something that the film, I think the reason the film leans, and I hate to say leans because I think it's very smart that they did this, but I think the reason that it leans on the dark comedy so hard is because if you don't lean on the dark comedy so hard, this is just full of, this is just fucking suspense to the <laughs> point where you are screaming at the film, please don't go, please, okay, okay, yeah. it's cool, you got them, <laughs> you tricked them, don't antagonize them. Don't do this because at any moment, like it could turn very bad for her. And I think the third act needs to happen because it brings the film back to reality. The dark comedy and the humor is great and it's great builder and it 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 gets you to under it gets you to better understand this character. And it it I think it it pushes the message of dudes are trash and the people who support these dudes are trash, et cetera. And this breaks families down, this breaks people down. This not this is not an isolated incident to, to just the victim and the violator. It spreads beyond that. I think the third act needs to happen that way to bring you back into reality. Like, yo, this none of this is cool. You've been laughing and, and you've been enjoying this and you've been having fun. But in the end, none of this is fucking cool. Right. Oh. But see, the irony is, as a woman watching this, I knew that that's the first message that it gave. But and I think and I think the third the third act had to happen, but not for y'all. Honestly, it had to happen for y'all. And I think yeah. it's one of the reasons why it may ring hollow for some women and feel like a shallow victory and feel like the movie reinforces certain aims and, and you know, brutalization rather than because I think they're missing what 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 I'm saying happens in the first. It's like the first yeah. message you should be getting is that you got to stop because this could go wrong because you don't know what these dudes will do. And honestly, that's. I really feel like they played with different levels of the things and the warnings that women are given about how we're supposed to carry ourselves and how we have to comport ourselves and what's the expectation of our own responsibility of safety and how everybody, the one of the quickest things someone can tell you is like, don't get too drunk that you can't watch your mouth. Cause you never know you, the very firm phrase, you gonna write a check your ass will have the cash. And I really, I really dug that. And I think that that is also a very counterintuitive way in which a lot of women, the way that they like to push back at being told, oh, you know, F the patriarchy and this, that, and the third, is they fall into these, these micro stereotypes that they think are really them busting free of the constraints of misogyny when what they're actually doing is just they've made a bad turn in the maze and they never even got out and i so thought that was really kind of some of the dynamics in the first act 
it going into the second that I really dug. So, so just to make sure I understand, and then I'm 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 off this. I'm gonna let like Chris or you jump back in. I just want to ask. So just just for my own, uh, mm-hmm. just to clarify things for me. Do you, is, are you saying that you think um, women who might have been turned off by the third act of this? Because I do think ultimately that was for men, what they did. Um, do you think that they would have rather had an ending, uh, like Get Out's ending, the way at the way that was to black people, where we were just watching that film, we knew what was coming, and then at the end we were like, "Thank God." Um, like, was- yeah, I I think I think people felt like the 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 victory you get at the end is a little hollow because of it because. Um, if this is supposed to be kind of like the revenge fantasy world, a part of the fantasy is the um, there's a dot, dot, dot for the person who's initiated everything. And I appreciated that this movie came to a final conclusion. I appreciated the sense of uh, closure that you get from this because it leaves you in a place that, quite frankly, these situations should you leave you in. But yeah, I really think, honestly, the need to kind of dig through the penultimate versions of the these categories of images that they've gone through at the different moments with the different men and the different situations and scenarios all culminating at the end the way that they did and why they built it that way are things that works. I was telling a friend of mine that this movie really struck me as like uh, the love child of Heathers and Two Days in the Valley. And I think when you put all those different elements together, Usually when they do these types of movies, it's like Chris said earlier, they kind of go for the girl power, kind of like the superhero and this and that, the third angle. And they didn't really do that. And yeah, so I think people would have liked to have seen where there was, there's some potential threads in the second act that indicate that this movie could have gone somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think people would have been happier if it had gone that direction. Although I think I would have burned down Hollywood if they had gone that direction. I kind of want to ask you a question, but I can't because at that point it's a spoiler. So at some point, Chris, you need to help us. We about to spoil. No, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> you guys, are, you guys, are, you, you know, I'm watching. I'm, I'm literally over here going like these niggas. Why do they keep them? Why do they cut their mics? You guys are getting. You guys are flirt. You guys like getting right to the We're edge of, of doing that. You, you right getting right to the edge of spoiling shit. And I'm me going just sitting going like these motherfuckers. No. They know. I mean, they haven't yet. You haven't yet, yet. but you're getting I close. Yet, he cut the recording. You're getting Write close. Write down your question or close. text it to me or something. Right. You guys are getting close. You, know, you guys, you guys like trying to, you guys like trying to find a way of. This is a spoiler. We're still going to talk about around it a little bit. So. Well, I, I really feel like okay. I know everybody went into this movie and we all thought it was a revenge story, and it is. But I walked away from this movie like this is a survivor guilt story. No, and it is. I think that changed it's, the nature of what my culture of disbelief or belief was and what yeah. how I invested in the story. It's so more, I don't, yeah, you're right. It's more of a survivor's guilt story. Uh, story. And honestly, I mean, granted, there are some ridiculous moments in this, but honestly, it's also more realistic than, say, killing up your, killing your rapist and then feeding them to your sister and ice cream, right? I'm just... Uh, you should yeah. <laughs> like, can I tell you though <laughs> the telling of the story while the serving of the ice cream is just, still not for me of that movie. Yeah, the movie's not good. The movie's not good, but that point no. I mean, when, you, when you realize what's happening in Violet, you're just like, 
what? What? That wrap around right. his chin, yeah. man. Right. That is just. But, but I really, uh, honestly, yeah. felt like if you take all those elements and you try to do something like that with a movie that has this kind of substance, like Promising Young Woman, rather than playing on the different areas of this type of, you know, the mental state of the people and the factors, and then you throw in the middle what the whole self isolation does, I think you would have ruined it if you tried to do. I think you would have ended up with us in the same deeply confused. Why did they do this this and, way? Position that they right. we were in violence. And I'll also say this too, right? And this would be the one thing we can give our scores. Tell you this: I know there might be some women out there who feel like this movie maybe felt more towards, um, you know, you know, men are trash and, and kind of being that kind of movie for them. I'll say this though: um, there are a lot of women who say that. Who uh, you might be uh, a little bit more? Um, what was her name? Madison, I believe. I'm gonna tell you right now. Some I know guys, several of those people, mm, and I do absolutely just, everything that was done to that house. Just, just saying, some of you guys who who are all men are trash might also find yourself being a Madison. Who's in this y'all movie. gonna be real uncomfortable um, when you see yourself and, in this movie, but and, you in this movie. Um, I think it's important. But was could we talk about the dudes? And by dudes, I also mean Dean Walker and Madison. Like, yeah. can we talk about the dude? Well, we can't really, can't really, because that's spoilers. So, uh, um, we can, can talk about we, how I great guess... their performances are, but we can't really go into details about that. Yeah, that. Look, I, yeah. You want to talk performances? Let's talk performances, because about that, because we haven't talked about them at all, and they're part of a lot of the dark humor here. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't introduced any of the guys that I think they perfectly cast the guys for this right. movie, especially Bo Burnham. Bo, Bo Burnham, I thought that was a yes. great casting of his character in this, and where the story goes because of him, Ryan. Right? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought what Ryan kind of is a symbol for as you're watching this movie, and it turns into like a mm-hmm. it turns into a romance, <laughs> like a yeah. fucking five hundred days of summer type romance. <laughs> like you see, you see what's coming if you're mm-hmm. smart. You see what's coming, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gonna be so good and so bad. But, like, even with Christopher Mintz flies in this, like, he was perfectly cast. That was perfectly played. Even Al Monroe is perfectly cast. Like, the, the, the facial expressions and that guy's reaction to shit and just over the top, like, being a total bitch. Can we talk just... about Alfred Molina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, I mean, all, like, everybody in this film is cast really well to, uh, as, as supporting and plays her, to play the, Plays her role so well. I mean, I think the main reason why we weren't talking about them because, like, to go into details would actually kind of be spoiling a lot of the key to this film. But I think it's important because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of people in this film that people might you're gonna watch this film and if you feel some kind of way, I also feel like you might see yourself in some of these people, and mm-hmm. that might be part or of your, like you might you said right. You might need to you might need to you might be feeling some kind of way about this film because you might find yourself you know, being represented in a way that maybe you didn't, it's not, it's not bad until you see it from a third party, right? In third person. Yeah. So that was my main reason why I, I wanted to bring that up and bring up Madison there. Cause I'm like, I know too many people. Cause I just remember a certain incident that happened on Twitter where a lot of people in a certain <laughs> ball that were happening. And a lot of people were talking about a certain person who had a lot of allegations against them that didn't seem to, you know, I just, I, I'm going to leave it there, but I just seem to remember a lot of that. And we've kind of moved I, on I from that. I remember there just... was even an open letter, you mm-hmm. know, about how well I know this person mm-hmm. and how deep my understanding yeah. is. Or like, okay, I felt like there were moments in here where there's going to be a slight resonance that has nothing to do with gender and everything to do with race. 
uh, it's the self absolution. Mm-hmm. Fedora. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Fedora. Uh, shout out yeah. to Molly Shannon too. For this to be a dark humor, she does not commit to that portion of the film at all. She plays another very important uh, pivotal role in the film. And, and she does it well. Just I mean, especially for it to be so small. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Right, yeah. It's it's very poignant. Like she 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 kind of hits home as another it's like she's she's somebody in the audience that is not enjoying very much watching this. And right. I think it was it was I think it was very good to have that gaze explained or portrayed in the film. That imagery is also necessary. I do appreciate as much as I loathed um Sam Richardson's role, especially in the opening scene, and then when he wraps back around again to have his own solo encounter with um Cassie. Mm-hmm. Uh like I we there's really just there's always a facilitator in every conversation. I'm just gonna say that. And I felt like that they played that they played it with a really good flair and they played it with really nice nuance and they didn't overdo it. And I think what's really bothering people is they were only giving you a taste of each of these different personalities. But what I really feel like they did very well was they put words that you might say in the mouths of someone that you would never want to consider yourself to be like. Mm-hmm. So um, Connie Brittany, is that Connie Britton's character? Um, and hell, even Laverne Cox's character. Mm-hmm. Her boss? Yep. Laverne Cox is the only one I have a question mark about in this because I don't, I feel like either I just didn't get what they were fully, what they fully had invested her in the story for, or they didn't use her enough. And I, I can't tell which one it is. But why? It's, I mean, she's her boss. She's like part of what's been enabling her to wallow in this place in her life. But she's also someone who is one of the few people who know her, who doesn't handle her with kid gloves and is vocal about the fact that she needs to move on and move up and is trying to do things to encourage her. Like the first thing you find out about that character, I think that there was no, there's no more purposeful use for the character of Gail than that. She doesn't have any greater part in the story other than, She's a friend, but she's mostly her boss, and she sees this person who's wasting their potential. I think that's I, just she's she's just. That. But I don't I think just, you're supposed to get anything more than that. that maybe I just didn't. It just didn't. I, I feel like there. It, I feel like if that was the case, there could have been more to her presentation of that, and I don't think it's her fault at all. I just think she is another person in the film. I think it's unfair that people put the expectation that because that character was cast with Laverne Cox, that it has to do something grandiose or or bigger or more bombastic or have more of a depth or core. That is just a character that sets a stage. And I thought Laverne handled it well. And I just just think that when you cast Laverne Cox and you know you follow Laverne Cox, it's not wrong to have an expectation that, oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. She should get to she should get to experiment to have different kinds of roles. That's fine. I just like I looked at Molly Shannon. I was like, even though she's not doing comedy, she's doing like she has surprised me here with this. I didn't get that same thing from Laverne's character. And I'm not saying it's Laverne's fault. I'm saying it's the film's fault for the way they wrote that character in. And it's kind of like satisfied of her in this coffee shop or whatever this shop is. Well, what would you, what would you, do you, I mean, did you kick it with your boss? Huh? Yeah, I kick it with my boss. Yeah. You're talking. You're talking about one person. I don't kick it with you my boss. Not, okay. I don't. Okay. Kick with, but, I don't kick it with my boss. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think we have this. I. I just. I. I felt that. I felt that she did the job that she was there to do. I felt she did it well. 
I didn't feel like I needed anything else from her. They didn't. I mean, the only thing else that they could have done is establish a dynamic between the two of them to maybe follow up on the first like side conversation that could have turned into a side quest type deal with them. And I felt like that would have been a disservice to the main character, the point of the story. And it would have been hyper exploitive of Laverne Cox, the actress. So Uh, I I don't uh, I I don't know what you wanted from him. I liked it, but I I I fully expect to hear that complaint from other black people. Elbow on the counter is kind of like shoveling, you know, you should get over it. it. I'm just not that that's I wanted more from that character if that's what we're gonna have there. And it wasn't necessarily just because it was Laverne, but yeah, there is an expectation if I see Laverne Cox, I'm like, oh. It's, this is going to be this, these are going to be interesting scenes and ultimately I wasn't that interested okay I mean I just feel like that's kind of more I wish that you're right I wish this could be a show I feel like some of the places where they jump time I just want to know what happened in those times I, I do I, I would be more interested to see if they just kind of followed each of these characters elsewhere down the rabbit hole and if they were going to take that direction on the story then I might have had a higher expectation of what they would have done with uh, the character like Gail, played by Laverne Cox here, or the character played by Jennifer Coolidge, her mom, Susan. Because um, her mom is hilarious, and she's low-key, <laughs> low-key tired of her daughter being in her damn house. But, like, the time jumps didn't necessarily give us room for that to be played out, so... Yeah, I can I'll, I'll see. say that. I'll, I'll say that. I think that... Uh, I think films need to take more time. This is the second time... This is not the second time. This is... We said a lot this year about some of these films, and maybe just because 2020 is the longest decade ever, um, that Man. films need to be more careful with their time jumps and, and understanding the, how much time has actually passed between some of, this, some of their major scenes. Because I think that's, that doesn't, doesn't play too big here, but what was the film we reviewed the other time? It was, oh, it was, the, um, it was Evil Eye. Evil Eye did the same thing. It was way worse than Evil Eye. Uh, because that film has nothing else to it anyway, so there, there's that. Nothing. Um, um, but yeah, I think films need to be more careful when you make these films about uh, to, to kind of show the passions of time. Um, out of ten, what would you guys give this film? Uh, I think this is a solid eight and a half out of ten for me. I really yeah. like Promising Young Woman. I want to give it a nine, but I can't. It's like something holding me back, but an eight and a half seems right where it should be. Right, given the the whole picture. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not perfect. It's not, and a lot of the things that are imperfect about it are all deeply spoiler ridden, so we can't go there. Right. But right. one of the major ones that we just talked about was some of the use of time, and some of the use the 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 failure to be able to utilize amazing characters and actors created because of the use of time. But yeah, I mean, that's really the only thing that bothered me about this movie that we can talk about without spoiling. So, yeah, I'm solid on an eight and a half. Net half a point is dead ass about the score. This is yeah. some of the best use of music, man. I am curious if this film will get better to me over time or go down a bit. And it's, it's because of the time parts and it's because sometimes it does feel a little slow in getting to its its points or getting through its acts. I don't know if it's necessarily getting through its points, but more getting through the acts. I think is what it was. I think it might I think this one'll hold for me. What's your score, Chris? Yeah, it was eight and a half. Like I actually put mine in before you guys and, and March? I, 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 I always put these into the into the app uh, into the website so I don't forget them. And so I was like, let me see what they're gonna do. So I put eight and a half in. 
I was saying an eight and a half too. Like I said, it's 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 not perfect, but again, no film is. Um and um, but it's very enjoyable. I, I think to me it will hold up for me, um, just because mm-hmm. it's not really a it's not really a rape revenge film, and more along the lines of like we said, being that that survivor guilt type film. And so I, I to me it does hold up. I do um I do like it. I, I think they they did a really great job. This is a film that only a woman could do. I believe this old right. Maybe not. Maybe not lying. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but like it, it has that. Yeah, it it has the nuances in there, and, and to be able to do it at, and and be funny at the same time. I uh, like if a man had done this, I could just say it would have been. You don't know who Emerald Fennel is. Hmm? I I, I don't didn't know. Who, no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know who actually. I didn't know who um who the director was. Oh, okay. That oh, come okay. On, whoa. Hey, come, hey, listen, <laughs> breathe, yeah. calm the fuck down. Oh, like I need to, I had closed, I had closed the, I had closed the IMDb. I just needed to double check. Give me, jeez, we about to come to the fucking mic and shit. I mean, like we, we, I fight you. Okay, I know, I'm apparently like shit. <laughs> Damn niggas, shit. Old, you know, I've been in the house for a while. I'm a little hostile. Right, I mean, I'm a little hostile. My bad. Shit. My fuck niggas, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know we ain't done this in a while, but fuck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely the nine if it had a bit more killing Eve in it. Just like, oh just my god, bit. I could have given this a, a strong nine if it had some some killing Eve in it. Okay, yeah, I'll just say this, and it's the last thing. I really wanted to understand the color coding in the Notebook better. Yeah, so I'm not gonna lie. So this, um, is it, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Yeah, you're right. I'm not gonna lie. I thought this film was doing one one certain thing because there was a time when mm-hmm. she, yeah. So I just I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how far she was going with some of the stuff. So I and I, yeah, and I'm with you, B. I would have <laughs> loved some Villanelle. Yeah. So just um, a little. All right. Uh, we will be back because there's a ton of stuff that we're reviewing. Um, Rowan Brandon will definitely be reviewing some of those. I, I might because I don't know how I feel about watching anything else and just going through the rest of the year with. Pretend like I've watched everything. Um, but stay tuned for that. I Oh, Ro, we do have the Expanse, so maybe we can start doing the spoiler reviews for those. Yes. I do have that. I do have that. Um, so stay tuned. Um, so we have some stuff coming on. Uh, I'm, I'm taking off a did week. Did you see that they're doing an after show? I did not. So. It's Ty and Amos. <laughs> I might have to watch that then. Also, uh, they, they usually told uh, Kaz and Ambar to get the fuck out of here, so good for, good for them. Um, so I fucking, it sucks. I liked his character, but it explains so much about why he never gave us interviews. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they always used some emails every year. His, his PR person was, I can say it now. Cause fuck him. You've been raping little girls. Um, every year his, his, his PR person would send us emails about interviewing him. Cause he was always a host for the ISO awards. And so every year I'm watching, I'm watching the expanse. I'd be like, yo, I'd love to interview him. I'd love to interview him. Never would get back to us. We, they, they would send me a direct email with my name in it saying, hey, do you have time to interview him? This time I'm like, yeah, sure. Never would get back to us. And I realized yeah. it was like, oh, because I'm a, grown, I'm a grown adult and I also have a penis. That's why he didn't say yes, because he was out here. Um, oh, that's why. So 
on his inappropriate mm, shit. Yeah, I don't know mm. anything about this, and I know all I need to know. Thank yeah, you. you don't. You, yeah, you don't want. It. It's fine. Um. So stay anyway. in the like, just stay in your happy place. Yeah. Please. Anyway. Um. All right, folks. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be back soon. Uh, so make sure you uh, subscribe. Movie trailer reviews. Till next time, we are out of here. Peace. <laughs>